everyone to Real Kipper and Born. It is a fresh day and a fresh start time for the boys. Moving from the 3 to 5 slot to the 9 a.m. hour, bright and early, finished daycare drop-off, made a coffee. Kipper's, I don't know, Kipper's just walking the dog, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Kipper, how's it going, buddy? Hey, great job opening up. <laughs> they Thanks, move buddy. our slot from 3 to 5 Eastern to 9 to 10, and I'm late. Well, not really. You're <laughs> you're present. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Did you guys get your uh, – are you guys uh, coffee first thing in the morning, guys? You know, I'll say this. I, I read a study once that – it takes a while for your body to naturally wake up. And if you have your coffee after you naturally wake up a bit, it has more of an effect. So I let my body wake up for about an hour before my coffee, and it was a wildly unpopular opinion. Well, we got a great show. We got Josh Santos on tech. And, of course, uh, Sammy McKee, our uh, trusted uh, producer, along for the ride. Sammy, how about you with coffee, buddy? Oh, you're on mute, Sammy. Here we go. I gu- I guzzle that the second I wake up. Like I literally, I pour, I roll out of bed into a vat of coffee. I uh, I don't drink as much as I used to drink, but I uh, will have a nice fat cup when I wake up, and then maybe one throughout the day. But yeah, I love coffee, and I'm, I'm actually loving this start time. I'm feeling good. You know, get the day, get the day going early here. We're ready to rock, boys. Which means a 10.50 tee-off time for you, in other words. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's not about feeling good for the show. It feels good for the rest of your day, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, All right, for well, sure. Well, we're, uh, we're closing off uh, round two, boys. We still got the Rangers and Carolina, which means that uh, we're going to welcome in about uh, 15, 20 minutes Justin Williams, of course, the all-time leader in Game 7 goals. With how many, Bornsey? I believe seven. Game seven yeah. goals. Seven. Crazy. Three Stanley Cup rings as well. So he's special advisor to the general manager for the Carolina Hurricanes, which leads us to maybe our first topic this morning, whether or not Justin Williams can kind of give Jason Spezza some advice on what that means, uh, special advisor to the general manager. Of course, this weekend, Jason Spezza officially retiring after 1,248 games. Five points shy, guys, of a thousand in the National Hockey yeah. League. And now he goes on as a special advisor to general manager Kyle Dubas. Yeah. And, and I, I think I saw the, the quote, and you know, we'll go through some stuff that he had to say, but just about how, you know, it feels, feels like it's, it deserved to be five more points and a cup on the resume with, uh, you know, how great his career was. But. You know, the more I think about this, I, I mean, this guy has a chance to, to get his name on the Stanley Cup still. I understand he's not going to win it as a player, and, and it's never going to be the same, but uh, I get why he wants to stay in the game and pursue it, and I wouldn't be shocked if he finds his way on there eventually. I I don't know if, like, listen, I can't. we can't even talk about the least winning a round, um, so maybe this is a, a, a wild take, but... I think if somehow this version of the Toronto Maple Leafs found a way 
to win a Stanley Cup in the next four or five years, which just seems completely impossible from where I'm sitting at this point. I think it would be a little bit different for Jason Spezza getting his name on it in that situation. No, like this is the group that he's played with. The guys love him. Like it's a, it's a, he's got familiarity with the group. It's not like it's a completely different thing. So if that's, that's the only way I can kind of justify it for him, but boy, it's not the same. And he can, he can try to tell himself as much as he wants that it feels the same, but boy, it's not even close. (laughs) <laughs> you know, um, when I uh, when I uh, covered uh, Pittsburgh uh, in, I want to say, 2000, uh, it's just right around when Colby Armstrong retired. And it's myself, Darren Millard, we're in the press box, we're covering uh, the Penguins in the playoffs, and uh, Colby Armstrong, of course, uh, still in Pittsburgh uh, at his home was just starting to, you know, look at other things, including uh, television with Sportsnet. So I didn't know Colby well. Uh, but we we sat together because he had just started dabbling with Sportsnet. And um, it's myself, Darren, and Colby. And just prior to puck drop, Colby breaks down, like really breaks down. Really? And I don't know him well. And I'm just, and I knew right away what was going on. And it just hit him like a ton of bricks that he is watching now a team with a chance to win a Stanley Cup and one that he'll never get. Yeah, that's heavy. You know, that that's a different level to it. Like there is the the first days of realizing your career is done, and obviously my success is different level. Uh, you know, is is far below the yours or Colby's or whatever. But there's still that reckoning when you're done, right? That like uh, this is the thing I have done since the day I was the, the since I can remember, and just that now you you're a watcher of it, not a participant. There's there's a real reckoning there, so that's pretty heavy. It it, it is yeah, for sure, it, and. You know, and, and I was never a first-rounder like Colby Armstrong. I was never a first-rounder like Jason Spezza. Uh, just a, a journeyman, just a guy that uh, was tried to play the smallest piece in a giant puzzle. But I can tell you that one of the greatest feelings uh, that winning a championship like a Stanley Cup does for you is that forever how long I live... Every time I see those last few seconds in a Stanley Cup final in a clinching game and I watch what the players experience and for many of them for the first time, no matter where I am on this planet till the day I die, I can turn, I can turn to my side on, on either you know shoulder and look at the person beside me and say to them, I know exactly how that feels. And that's, that's the part that is the toughest for anybody, whether or not you were a first-rounder or a Hall of Fame player. They all have that emptiness if they don't get a chance to, to experience that. So I, I feel for, for certain guys, and, and the, the longer you play, the harder, the harder it feels, the, the tougher it is to experience that. Like Jason Spezza had 20 tries. Yeah, I 
Honestly, Kipper, you're, I guess we move, we moved to the morning now, and you're just trying to make me cry, buddy. But that was a pretty uh, that's a pretty inspiring speech you just gave there, talking about winning it. But I honestly feel that way, like as a fan, my whole life. Every time the cup gets presented, I think to myself, the Leafs will never be here. Like that thought actually <laughs> crosses my mind every single time. Oh, so damn. I have a I have a different I have a different perspective on when the cups, but there's just there's nothing better than those few moments, like you said, when the team's up, they know they're gonna win it. You see the guys on the bench starting to bubble up, starting to hug yes. each other on the bench. It's an incredible it's an incredible visual that never ever gets old, and we're heading towards that. At Spezza actually had a clip that I cut from his press conference. Um, he got asked about not winning the cup, and he spoke about it. Uh, do, do you guys want to want to hear that clip? Yep. Let it roll. All right, let's hit that. Let's hit that, Santos. I don't think I can ever put into words how much it means to me to try to win the Stanley Cup. Um, there's definitely a huge void in my heart and in my career without having to be able to win it. Um, I've had many sleepless nights over the course of my career, you know, wondering what I can do differently and what I need to do differently and how I need to change and uh, to win a Stanley Cup and then to not be able to win a Stanley Cup as a player is, uh, it's very difficult. It's, it's my life work hockey and to not be able to be a champion in it is, is hard. But I think that will help me drive towards wanting to stay in the game too. I think um, it'll never feel maybe the same as being a player, but um, I'm going to try to win a Stanley Cup as part of an, uh, as an executive and as, as part of the organization now, and that'll keep keep me driven. I mean, he could not be more on point with all the things that we're saying here, right? Like, the, it's not like he's oblivious to any of this, and it's not like, you know, down the stretch, he, he didn't do everything that was asked of him to, you know, he talked about making those changes. And, you know, what comes to mind for me is, like, you wish young players could get a piece of how Spezza feels and the way he's thinking mm. early, early, you know, like before you're 35 and realize you're chasing it and going to one-offs on teams and you're Joe Thornton in Florida and Toronto, but you can't implant that until that desperation really sets in, I don't think. Well, I think uh, when you when you look at a guy like Jason Spezza, maybe he's the perfect guy to share that story with the young kids and he has to be I think the key for him is to just be as brutally honest as he can so to your point like the things that he discovered at 35 years of age Justin and you know I don't I don't don't want this to come off the wrong way if but if we're going to be true truth truthfully honest here um you know Justin, uh, a guy like Spezza, who, when he broke into the league, was a can't-miss superstar. And I don't know if you guys remember, but like he, he had the billing at uh, 15 years, 14 and 15, as being the next one. Like, do you guys remember all of that? And uh, It's uh, no, but he didn't miss, right? No, he well, missed. He... He missed. Oh boy! I mean, high bar, Kipper. Thousand points in the league, and you know it's a pr- pretty impressive resume in this guy. Ju- uh, Justin, Jason Spezza should have been a can't miss Hall of Famer. Those nine hundred and ninety-five points should have been fourteen, fifteen hundred. 
He was that good. That good. It's funny. He he was like one of the guys that when I was a kid that came to Owen Sound with the Windsor Spitfires, and he was like one of the ones where the building was packed and like fired up to see him. He was he was an absolute can't miss. He was one of the super duper stars that came through the OHL. Sammy, they 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 talked about him like they talked about Mary Lemieux and uh, mm-hmm. and Lindros. I remember that? Okay, and. He had all the talent in the world. He was those first few years a can't miss superstar in the league. And I don't this is not I don't want to disrespect, you know, Jason Spezza here, but if he wants to go and work with young kids, he's got to talk about the reasons why he didn't end up being a Hall of Famer. And one of them for me, it starts with conditioning. It starts with making a commitment off the ice in a in a in a workout room and all the greats do it if you know you go Stamkos Stamkos in the last two and a half years you want to you want to really ask him why uh, it's turned for him the most in the last two years three years it's the work that he put in off the ice Jason was this very talented player that didn't really care about his conditioning early in his career. He, w- you talk to some of his ex-teammates, like they, they, they talk about how bad his body was, how he had man boobs, and you know the ongoing joke was his body and and going in and getting his body, uh, 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 his his body fat checked, and like if he would have come in like these some of these other guys that had the talent of a Sidney Crosby, but knew it right from the get-go that he was going to be the hardest working guy, not only on the ice, but off the ice as well. I think it could have catapulted him. The, the guy that I kind of compare Jason Spezza to for me uh, over the last 20 years is another guy, Vinny LeCavalier. Vinny LeCavalier, same thing. Mm-hmm. Can't miss, should be, with his eyes closed, a Hall of Famer. These guys, these two guys won't get in the Hall of Fame. They're, they've had great careers, longevity-wise. Everything's there. You don't think so. But, but Vinny, Vinny never worked out either. And it, and it caught up to him at the end. Yeah. And those are the things that I'm talking about. So for Jason now to go back and tell the guys, listen, I didn't take off-ice conditioning very seriously. And it, it didn't help me. I think I think that's a that's a good message to send if he's going to go down the development road. Yeah, no, I, I you know I get what you're saying here about you know elite talent sometimes doesn't have to do the things that the people more with less talent have to do and get away with it for as long as they can. I don't know spe- the specifics of Spez's story, but you're right. There's value in him being able to take that story. It's I just think it's so hard to make someone else care. It's like. You know what I mean? Like, unless the person wants it for themselves, it's tough to tell them a story that makes them care or makes them believe it. You just wish you could take what he's learned and put it in some of the younger guys. Um, you know, I, I but it's interesting, it Kipper, because I think he evolved, right? Like, Spezza big time evolved on that. He, he, he just talked about it, the, uh, the, the need to change, right? And the need to change for for Jason Spezza really came in the last three or four years when he had to do different things like fight somebody or hit somebody or play seven minutes a night. 
But the things that we're saying about Jason Spezza uh, here in Toronto in the last few years were not the things that you were talking about in his heyday with the Ottawa Senators or the Dallas Stars. No. If Jason Spezza doesn't come in and kind of redefine his change on a, in a market like Toronto, if he was to have gone through the same thing in Carolina or any other market, you wouldn't have you wouldn't spend five minutes talking about Jason Spezza today. Mm, I don't know. No, is he? I don't know if that well, gives him we enough. Wouldn't because we're we're a radio show in Toronto. But the the one thing I want to add here is when I look at people who have the drive that Spezza found and developed towards the end of his career, where he became a guy willing to fight and play seven minutes and do the conditioning and chasing a cup. If there are people now that I see that have that, two superstars in the league have it unequivocally. Nathan McKinnon will talk about Brad May, will fight his own mom to win a Stanley Cup. He is going to win a Stanley Cup at some point. And I think you can say Connor McDavid does too. Now, when I say those two things, what people don't hear me say is Austin Matthews. And that's not the point I want to make. The point I make is McKinnon and McDavid, to me, are the most hungry players in the league, winning-obsessed players in the league that I can see. Does that seem fair to you guys? And listen... 100%. You want to talk about you want to talk about work ethic, off the ice, and willing to pay a price. Connor's got what Sydney has. Yes. He's he his biggest fear. Connor McDavid's biggest fear right now is coming home in ten days and watching the Stanley Cup final. That's his biggest fear. His biggest fear is ending up Joe Thornton or something, right? Where you're 41 and still trying to chase it despite being a Hall of Famer. A hundred percent. Like that is, that is their drive right now. And again, I don't think if you talk about Jason Spezza in year six, seven, or eight, he had any of that. No, not no, even I, close. I, not even no, close. I, I don't. I have no argument there. When I think about the player he was to the player he's become, which is why you realize like you've watched someone learn a life lesson, and you want them to be rewarded, right? They've changed. I suppose he's a different person. Give him the cup, and it's just not as easy as that once you don't have it early in your career. Do you guys want to uh, play a couple more Spezza clips yeah, before we get to... absolutely. Let's talk about, uh, do we have his, uh, what his role could be from Kyle uh, we, Dubas? We, we have Kyle we have Dubas on it, yep. Do you want to go to that one, yeah, or do you want to stick to another Spezza? Yeah. Let's do no, Dubas. Go, go, to the, go to the one that, yep. Jason and I have, have talked uh, the last two off seasons uh, about once his career as a player was coming to an end, what he may want to do. And uh, we felt as an organization, Brendan, myself, our management team, that uh, was definitely someone because of his passion for hockey, his intelligence, the way he views the game uh, and his ability to impart that knowledge onto others that we definitely would want to have him as a member of our front office and that there was an onus on us for everything that he's done for our organization to ensure that we had a plan and a path for him uh, when his days as a player came to an end. And um, so he will, he will begin that immediately uh, starting with our draft and free agency process. And really the goal for the first year in this is that uh, he'll be observing, learning um, and taking everything in that he possibly can with regards to being a member of the front office. And then after next season, uh, we will uh, sit down again and, and find out the, the parts, whether it's player development, scouting, salary cap, all the different uh, elements of, of running the club that he's most interested in and most interested in, and then begin to carve that path. 
See, I, I like I like ex players coming into a, an environment fresh off the ice and and giving a, a different perspective, one off of the competitive one on the ice. Something that you know, no matter what, uh, you know, Brendan Shanahan and is far removed from it, and Kyle Kyle can never play right. So that 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 has some value. For sure, for sure, and and I'm curious to get the take on that from our uh, our next guest here. Do you want to bring him in? I think we got him. We got Justin Williams on. We do. Yep. Oh, we do not. Never mind. We were waiting for you, Justin Williams, and I jumped the not. gun, Kipper. Okay. You, you got a bad scoop. I <laughs> oh, got a bad scoop was, from the producer. My bad. No, it was me. <laughs> I, I sewered you. That's I good. completely sewered you guys. But that's fine because it is. What, I am glad what, to have a minute or two to talk on that. Go ahead, Sammy. I just don't know. The salary cap mentioned to me, it's like we're really gonna have we have to try that part of it out. Like I don't know, I, I this, is just, this is so just this is so is Jason. Leafs are, the Leafs are trying to win a PR cup here. So Sammy, is is Jason gonna convince others to take less now? Is that is that how you read it? Oh, God. I don't know. I think he's probably gonna be a coach. I think there's going to be a point where, you know, he'll try the front office stuff. I think his, I think his role and some of the stuff you talked about there is probably player development. No? Like he kind, of, he kind of factors into helping the young guys along. You know, you talk about him being classy, paying for all the AHL guys when there was no league. Like I feel like his relationship with the lower parts of the, okay. of the organization may be something record, that he yeah, excels listen, in. Uh, for the record, I know that is a great gesture on his part. But there are many guys, if I go back to my era or stories that I've heard in the last 10 years, where guys have done unbelievable stuff like that, but it it doesn't get public, you know? So, I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah. to be fair, he didn't put it out. I, I, listen, I'm not suggesting that he did. I'm not. But what I'm just saying is that like there, there, there are a lot of guys out there that do uh, that sort of stuff and look after a lot of guys. Um and it was a great gesture on his part. But, you know, the one thing about Toronto is that, again, uh, stuff like that, uh, stories get built up unbelievably in this town. Unbelievably. And, uh, and you know, good on Jason for, for at least uh, throwing that energy out there. And I'm not knocking it. But, uh, you know, the, the thing that is, is going to help uh, the Leafs the most, you know, is if, if – if Jason can come in there and and just uh, and and you know just be brutally honest with some of these young kids, like I said before, and just share his experience and what worked and what didn't and what was ultimately too late for him, you yeah. know, I mean he 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 made the changes at 35. Unfortunately, you know, he had three track uh, three tries and and couldn't get out of the first round. I mean, that you want to go up to the next guy and say don't don't wait too late yeah my the one thought is that like maybe his his best fit naturally here is is something player development but here's you want want to know a dirty secret about all these potential roles the player development one kind of not fun i don't want to say it sucks but it's not a not a fun role you know like you're you're on the ice you're pushing pucks you're trying, you know, it's like it's like hockey school. I think compared to some of the opportunities to be in straight management, as Dubis referenced, or actually on the bench and coaching, where you're a part of the the action, the in-game ebbs and flows and reaction to what's happening. There's a lot of excitement in coaching. There's a lot of prestige in uh, in the management side. I bet he ends up in one of the two rather than development. 
Well, let's go to somebody that's uh, lived it on and off the ice in terms of uh, stepping out and hitting that uh, managerial role as a special advisor to the general manager for the Carolina Hurricanes. Let's bring in Justin Williams. Uh, Justin, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Hey, I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh Justin, we're just uh, we had a very in-depth conversation on on Jason Spezza and uh a lengthy career unfortunately uh did not get the championships uh that you did. Uh no he didn't have the success in game 7s like like you have but no one else has in history. Um but what are what are some of the challenges when you when you step out of uh on the ice to off the ice and 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 start working at a managerial uh role? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I'm still, you know, figuring my way out. And, and Carolina's been great in the fact that, you know, they've they've let me, uh, you know, kind of feel out this process myself and see if I, you know, dip my toe in a little bit and see if I actually like this side, right? Because you never know what you want to do when you're done playing hockey. And um, all I knew is I want to stay in the game somehow. And uh, this has given me a, a great opportunity to just step back, look at the other side of it and, um, you know, realize that, uh, that the business side and, and the actual playing side are, are two different things. And um, it's interesting just, just really to see it firsthand. Uh, but as, as far as hockey's going, you know, that's, that's going to be something 15 years down the road, you know, you're still going to miss. You're going to miss it for the rest of your life. But, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, at some point it's time to move on, as, as Jason has decided to do. In Toronto, much like uh, Carolina with you, recognize that this is Jason's a smart guy and someone that they like and can help, and they just want to know what's the best fit for him and for the team. What was the process like for you when they're saying, you know, here's what the salary cap looks like, here's what this side, you know, what what is that sort of discovery process and finding your way look like in in practice? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting in the fact that 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 you look at the business side and. And for us as Carolina, we were never a, a, a salary cap team. We were never a team that spent to the cap until, uh, you know, Tom Dundon came. So now uh, it's just – it's a puzzle, right? And and you're trying to fit every piece in that you can um, that, that builds the best team possible to win year in and year out, not just for one year. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting really is, uh, you know, when you're, when you're, you know, talking numbers with – other players or agents and and they want more and you say well there is no more and uh, it's just really really interesting where where mm-hmm. in the player side you're like there's always going to be more somewhere and and the management side is there's always there's there's no more <laughs> so are you surprised to find that you like an area of it more or less after a little experience uh i'm, I'm really really i'm i'm, I'm not sure uh, i've i've dipped my toe in a little bit to a little bit of everything um, and then just not really sure yet um, exactly what I love. And, um, but I, I just, I love being around the game. I love being around the guys. Um, you know, I don't think coaching is, is, is in the cards for me, certainly not in the near term, but, um, you know, something that, uh, that, that you never know uh, what's going to happen in the next few years. Justin, one of the biggest challenges I had when I stepped out of the game to broadcast was critiquing uh, teammates and buddies and <laughs> going and saying some things that uh, probably at, at times were not favorable uh, to them. Is it the same situation for you stepping out and 
or, or now what Jason Spezza could be uh, uh, going through, the transition from being in the locker, being a buddy, having dinners, meetings, joking around, to actually uh, going on the manager managerial side and assessing them and, and, and maybe being brutally honest if it isn't favorable. The, the, the ongoing thing throughout our careers, I don't care what a, any area you're in, is that, oh, when, when a guy steps out of that role and goes into that role, he's, he's, he's a pipeline, man. He's just going to rat us out. Yeah, no, no, that, that's, I mean, that's interesting. And I think a lot of people maybe share that sentiment. Um, but, you know, the difference in going managerial side and going media side is the fact that, you know, here my players in Carolina, we're all on the same team, right? And and usually, I mean, unless they're they're really, really out, out to lunch, they know when they screwed up, right? And and it's it's pretty self-evident, and it's pretty self-evident uh, if you look yourself in the mirror and know that you need to give more. And um, I think honesty is is, is so um, um, so important at, at at this level, and I think that's why our coach Rod Brindamore has had such success and, and made this transition really well. He's just honest, right? And and I think players appreciate that. Um, you know, when you're crappy, you tell me I'm crappy. When when I need more, you tell me I need more. And uh, when I'm playing well, we're all we're all animals. We all want a cookie every now and then and a pat on the butt. So, um, you know, as as, as far as that goes, um, I, I think it's 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 if the players are honest with with one another and, and themselves, uh, I think it's I think it's 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 pretty easy. But when you're on the media side, yes, um, you're paid to give your opinions and you're paid to. Um, to have insight, and and sometimes the insight is is not great for players, and um, sometimes uh, sometimes it is. So it's it's a difficult slope. I agree, uh, but I think it's one that uh, that you've done very well at. All right, appreciate that, um, Justin. So you're uh, headed towards a another game seven here. Uh, as, you know, this time on the, not on the ice, but the Carolina Hurricanes have a great chance at home to knock out the Rangers, move on to the Eastern Conference Final. What are your thoughts on this? I want to say peculiar round where they they well playoff run where they haven't won on the road and they haven't lost at home. What's up with this Hurricanes team? <sighs> Well, I tell you, we we, we, we had a chance to, to move on last game as well. So, uh, right. I really thought it was going to happen then. But, uh, I mean, you have to look at perspective every single time you look at these. And, and yes, would it have been nice to close it out in game six? Yeah. You know what? It would have been nice to sweep them. But let's be honest here. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's the NHL. And you had one game to advance to the conference finals. If you would say that, at the start of the season or even at the start of the series, uh, our guys would jump at that. And I think any team would jump at that. you got one game to get to the conference finals where there's four teams left. I mean, let's, let's go, right? You jump on that. And, um, you know, to boot, you even got home ice advantage, which you, which we haven't lost yet. So, um, you know, we obviously are very comfortable at home. But uh, at the big picture, we're very comfortable with the team we got. And, um, you know, you play seven games because you expect at the end of seven games you're going to get the best team to advance. And it's not like the Super Bowl where it's just one game and one is done and, and anything can happen. Um, but uh, you got two teams going hard at it, and, and <laughs> we're, we're, we're ready to play another game seven. I think the guys, uh, a little bit of experience that they've had, 
the, certainly this year and the last couple of years is going to bode well for them. We're talking to Justin Williams, all-time leader in game sevens with seven. Three-time Stanley Cup championship. And, Justin, it's it's not just uh, any home ice advantage. I mean, they're, they're, the last few years, whether it's, the, you know, we're talking surge or just the sheer um, – noise that have that's come out of that building over the last few years there is a a special relationship now uh with your fans and i I gotta think that uh that might be more of of an advantage for carolina than maybe even some other teams at home yeah i mean listen you you play more or you don't play more you play you you play better when you're loose and you're comfortable and you're confident and and I feel like those three things we really, really um, attuned to on all ice. Um, you know, not to say we're not, we're certainly not good on the road. We've we've so, we've shown that uh, in the playoffs here. But during the regular season, we won a ton of games. We we're top five in the league in in, in road games. So it's not it's not that uh, that we're not prepared, we're not ready. It's just it just hasn't gone our way. Um, but you know, now it's kind of become a little bit of something. But. But we're obviously comfortable where we're at right now. We're, we're playing a home game to advance to play Tampa Bay, and we're jacked about it. And, um, you know, every time you come to the rink, and I remember I come to the rink around 4.30, and you're seeing everybody tailgating, and you wave everybody on the way in and honking horns. And it's a really, really special atmosphere, and the guys uh, have, have certainly um, developed a really good relationship with, with, with the people that are coming to watch them and pay to watch them. Justin, I'd be failing at my job if I didn't ask this question. So the the Toronto Maple Leafs have lost in a deciding game in five or six straight playoff first-round series now, Uh, and you have won eight of the nine you've played in. To what do you attribute that success? Is there such a thing as clutch? Is it in someone's head? Is it, you know, what has been the difference for you that the Toronto Maple Leafs can learn about getting past these big games? Yeah, I mean, listen, that's that's it's tough, but I mean, some people just, you know, hopefully, in in, in certainly Toronto's case, because you know, I I really hope that you know the Leafs you know get over this, just you know, not at the expense of the Carolina Hurricanes when we play them. But, <laughs> right. Um, you know, it's great for the league when 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 Toronto's great, and I had some from friends on that team that uh, that I was cheering on this year. But um, first first and foremost you got to be on great teams, right? I mean, I was part of some great, great teams who, who, who were able to rise to the challenge. Um, but, you know, for, you know, for me personally, I just, I tried to, I tried to treat it as any other game, right? I mean, you, you put the front on that, uh, that you're smiling and it's just, you know, like another game. Um, but, you know, when you get out there, you, you have the butterflies and you're, you're nervous, you're, um, you know your your heart's in your throat sometimes, but that's great. You got to use those nerves, and um, you know I've always said I've always tried to err on the side of enthusiasm uh, as opposed to uh, apprehension. Just go out there and get it. Don't be afraid to lose the game. Go out there and try and win the game, and um, that's uh, that's kind of the best advice that that I ever got that I or that I can give to anybody is is go out and try and be the difference. Don't try and be the guy that doesn't make the mistake go out there and try to be the guy that makes the difference and um you know that's uh, that's the message i've always tried to send to to people who've asked me um but you know part of some great teams uh, certainly in, in in la carolina um where we've had a lot of success in game seven 
That's uh, excellent advice, Justin. So when we look down the, the Hurricanes lineup uh, in this particular Game 7, who is your Justin Williams in this lineup for Carolina? <laughs> well, Max only showed that he was the, the he was the guy uh, last series, but uh, we it's it's you don't care who it is, and that's that's when you look around the dressing room. And you say, I don't care who it is in this dressing room; it just better be one of us. And, and that's what you got to have. Whether it's going to be the goalie, whether it's going to be a forward, a defenseman, it doesn't matter. It just better be some guy in the room right here. But you know, I expect a guy like uh, tonight. Um, I, a really great leader on this team is Sebastian Ajo. I expect him to have a great game, but I expect a lot of guys to have a great game in that room, and you know we're ready for it. See, that's why you're going to make a great general manager one day because you answered the question without really answering the question. <laughs> <laughs> he gave you a help. It'll be one of Just- us. Hey, uh, have a blast tonight, and uh, I, I, I really hope that we see another Justin Williams uh, surface because it was fun watching you uh, throughout your career, and we wish you all the best moving forward. Uh, thanks, thanks. I expect number twenty on on us tonight. Number twenty. There you all go. All right, let's do it. Here we go. <laughs> What's uh, okay? JB, give us the best bets on uh, Sebastian Aho. Uh, I don't know. I'll find it. I'll find it for the end of the show. Justin Williams, everybody, thanks for joining us. Some great, uh, great insight into uh, like, and again, it's it's not a coincidence. It's not luck. It's just a guy that has a feel for the moment, and that's what the great ones do. JB. Yeah, you know, I I often find that guys like Williams who have success, it's their ability not to be some different type of superhero player, but to just be the player they've been consistently, well, other people fade away. You know, other people shrink and play hesitant and make, you know, worry about mistakes. And just to be able to be the person you are takes a certain amount of confidence. And once you've had some success, I think it breeds more confidence, which is an issue for the Leafs. I I can't, I got to ask, is there a more badass record in all of sports than to have the most all-time goals in Game 7s in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's about, truly as good as it gets. big stuff. Like, yeah. As long as you're winning. 15 points, 15 points in nine, in nine Game 7s. It's just and for a guy whose career one. points per game are probably what, like 0. 0.8 or something? I don't yes. even know. It's just... I, it's just not a better reputation to have out there. No. That this guy sick. shows up. Like, this is, this is the Masters on Sunday. Yeah. Every game seven. <laughs> they think the uh, I won't even. They think the Leafs can trade Spezza for Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I love Jason Spezza, and I don't. I don't even mean that joke. <laughs> well, they should have um, signed. They, they should have signed Williams to a one day contract for the game against the Bolts. Just put him on the bench. Maybe that would have yeah, helped. Yeah, you sit here and say some things. All right. Uh, any any feel for the Rangers uh, Hurricanes tonight? Is this going to finish the way it's been going? Home away home. I, I think probably. If although it comes it comes down to goaltending, like Antti Ranta let one in off his hip from the middle of the rink the other day. Meanwhile, Shesterkin's out there like Dominic Hasek. So I, I think Carolina's a much better team. But boy, one team's got the better goaltending. That uh, short story there. If, a, a, a couple a couple things came to mind here. 
first of all, I was leaning towards, you know, weird weird things happen in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I could just see it where they're how what are they? So I guess they're seven and zero on home ice so far this mm-hmm. year, the the Carolina Hurricanes, and they go into this game tonight, and they, you know. Shesterkin puts on a show and they lose. But then we just had Justin Williams on, and he said that Sebastian Sebastian Ajo is going to score a big goal, and I feel like Mr. Game 7 <laughs> is going to have Mr. Game 7 predictions too, and he's going to be right about that. So Well, he's going to go no into the locker room and tell him he did that. I, that- I have no feel. I don't know. I think I, if I had to pick gut, I would say Rangers, but I really don't know. What, two, three bad goals on Ranta the other night? Awful goals. Yeah, two at least. He yeah, gave up three. Is was there uh, Freddie's available? Thought. It would, I'm I'm not joking. Was would there be any thought in your mind to make that switch? I would rather put in Sam. I think if then Freddie, yeah, ice cold Freddie in a game seven. I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong by any stretch, <laughs> but if Ranta goes down in this and gets out goaltend. You know that's the first question is, where was Freddie? He was available. Honestly, well, and they've got this, that Peter Kochikov or whatever. I wonder if Freddie will dress. He's available. I I can't. Okay. We've been talking about Lee Fanels a lot over the past two weeks. I can't have a world in which <laughs> Freddie Anderson somehow gets into this hockey game tonight and stands on his head for the first time Watch ever game in his seven. Life. <laughs> like, he's always awful in game seven. Like, turns into my beer league goalie in game sevens yeah. every time. And if he goes in there and stands on his head tonight, I can't, I can't live in that world. I, I think I might have to do- stop watching sports, boys. <laughs> JB, this, this one's for you. But uh, the analytics say that uh, Ranta is a much different goalie at home than he is on the road. Therefore, yeah. you, you don't even mess with that, right? You're playing your analytics at home for Ranta. Yeah, I mean, they do. Carolina does pay attention to that stuff. And not to mention, I think, with Freddie's history, you know, I, I, I definitely think it's a Ranta start. I'm, I am curious to know, though, if Freddie's on the bench or not. You know, would you go to him if it's 2 nothing quick again and, and see if you can turn the tide? Ooh. So, I quickly, I, pro- I pulled up Frederick Anderson's Game 7 numbers just for old time's sake. Um, how, many, how many, hold on, how, how many total games? Um... Four, oh and four, four, with with a four one six goals against a eight five six save percentage, ninety five saves on a hundred and eleven shots, sixteen goals against. How does that so, compare to uh, Vasilevsky? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a bit of a difference, boys. <laughs> uh, guys, we gotta go. Our show's gonna be over. We're gonna break. All right, <laughs> let's take a quick. We'll take a quick break. Uh, Canada loses in overtime at the World Championships. We'll I know get... Bordy watched that whole game. We'll get Sammy's thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Brad Marchand, boys, out four to six months. Is that true? Yeah, correct. Wow. That is, uh, we'll we'll dive into the Boston situation after the break. You're listening to Real Kipper and Bourne. Right back. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Racing to get everything in in our one hour today. Morning edition of Real Kipper and Born. You guys okay? 
I just got to say, I love and and respect Will Liu and Alex Wong, but I respect them 1% less after seeing how (laughs) fast an hour goes. And they've been doing this all year. (laughs) It is fast, boys. Holy hell. It is fast. Okay, so let's let's get into the fast lane here. Where do you want to go first, Sammy? You want to talk about your overtime loss for Team Canada? Just quickly... Uh, wild game for Team Canada yesterday. Uh, they went down two goals in the third period, got absolutely hosed on a five-on-three penalty. Uh, went to overtime. It was five-on-three. Uh, five uh, sorry, three-on-three in overtime, which is as awful to decide a gold medal. Thomas Shabbat takes a penalty. Their guy hauls Canada down. No call. They score on a four-on-three. Canada gets hosed. Great team. Great effort by them. Came back from two with the, with the net empty. Both two goals in the empty net. So wow. happy for Canada. Tough loss. I know you guys didn't watch a minute, but I watched you know, most of the games. <laughs> you don't give it the attention that uh, probably in a, at a different time, if it wasn't going up against uh, Connor McDavid now. Uh, but it's on in, in the mornings. It's in Finland. Well, just the attention, the media attention. I'm not talking about necessarily even oh. eyeballs. I'm just talking about the attention that it gets. And but there's still some very good talented players out there, you know, uh, Dylan Cousins, names that Barzell. you probably you wouldn't uh, you know necessarily link, but uh, may, maybe there's a few Nick Pauls out there that teams have watched that could be in a situation to you could even trade just, for. Listen, boys, I'm take my best. Canadian passport because I love when other countries win these things because it means oh a big deal to the Finnish. Oh my God, team. I was sourpuss yesterday. How dare you? <laughs> I was so means, pissed off. It means so much to Finland. I know. Really the does. prime minister was there. Anyways, next next topic. <laughs> Brad Marchand, surgery, and will be unavailable to start next season for the Boston Bruins. Where are the Bruins in September, cre- October? Are they oh, cre- are, are they in a complete rebuild here? Is Bergeron going to retire? Like, if Bergeron's gone and Marchand isn't there, like, yeah, boy, there's an opening here for one of those Buffaloes or Detroits or for someone to win a couple more hockey games, I think, and make that division not just four teams and four not teams, essentially. You know, yeah. because it's been so quiet with Bergeron, and now it's got to the point where will there be more questions asked if he doesn't retire than if he does retire? As in, what like, should he have just let them know sooner or what? A hundred percent. Like, yeah. where, where, like, why did it get this far? If you're going to come back and play next year, why did it get this far? Why did you leave it so open? And how really, truly committed are you to next season if you are in this tug of war now uh, going into June? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, Sorry, I had a street sweeper going by my place fair, here. A fair um, question. I just I, so there's just zero percent chance he signs somewhere else. It's Bruins or nothing. Well, if there's an opportunity to sign somewhere else, we're still questioning him. Are we not? Yeah. I I think so. I really or do. we're questioning why you're leaving the Boston Bruins. We're questioning something if he doesn't retire. There's no questioning retirement. It's your time. You're no different than Spets or anyone else. Everybody's got a shelf life. It's over. It's over. No questions asked. Either if he comes back to play one more year with Boston or anyone else, people are wondering what 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 happened uh, here. What I'll, took I'll you just so say, long? 
that like it takes it takes a long time to figure out you know after the year you always have the few weeks or whatever where you know that's just normal Mm -hmm. i think it'll take a while for him to feel like all right do i want to get back in the gym am i feeling like being a part of this like you know i don't know if it it takes some time for him to uh, feel where he's at i've got naz kadri all over the boston bruins next season i don't know about you guys sammy you want him playing the leafs you want him playing oh, the Leafs? Sammy just got sick. Buddy, you just kicked okay. me in the nuts with 20 seconds left in the show here. Like, why he, you got to say he that? Is, he, he's the perfect signing. Oh, oh he's he definitely is. going there. He is. He's the perfect spot. Right, right in the, even if, especially. Yeah, but if, they're going to give him an eight-year deal, and you don't want the last five. No, nah, I don't think. Uh, take a look. Nobody gets uh, seven and eight-year deals get- anymore. Yeah, that's a good point. Unless they resign. Uh, I just want to add on Justin Williams' note about Sebastian Ajo. He's a plus 190 to score a goal tonight. So, you know, 10 bucks returns you 29 if you bet on Ajo to score tonight. Okay. You know, that's the, be- that's the beauty about coming right back tomorrow at 9 a.m., right? All the meat we left on the bone and conversations will be picked up tomorrow. So don't go away all week. You know where to find us, 9 to 10 a.m., Right here on The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Our thanks to Justin Williams, Mr. Game 7. Sammy, JB, what's up the rest of the day? Quickly. Golf. Work. (laughs) Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening.